Welcome to the fifth anniversary season of the Tyrrell Port Podcast, celebrating five years of providing an honest fan's opinion on all things going on with the Zazay Sharks and Zazay Barracuda. As always, everything you hear on the show is completely 100% my opinion and not affiliated with either team. And also let's say it's a happy anniversary to us and on with the show. Welcome to the season five premiere of Terrapop. It's so wonderful to be back. It's been a very eventful summer, hasn't it? It's been cool, so much going on around the league. We're going to be covering all that. And um, in today's show, as hockey is almost around the corner. But first things first, it's our fifth anniversary. Can you believe it? It's Leave it five years ago, we began this incredible journey, this incredible show, and it just feels like those five years have literally just whizzed by, they've gone by so quickly. I mean, quickly. So, welcome to um, the f- season five of Terrible, our fifth anniversary. Traditionally, this will be known as our wood anniversary, and I've just learned something the gift, the, the common gift you people would give somebody celebrating their wood anniversary is silverware <laughs> yeah so uh sharks barracuda no pressure <laughs> but that would be a nice anniversary gift you know we can if both our teams can come away with some silverware this year that would be quite nice <laughs> but yeah who knows so yeah so welcome to the wood anniversary of and we're going to make a big deal about that across the whole season. We're going to be making, we're going to be basically celebrating loud and proud. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll talk more about that later on in in the show. We will talk more a little bit later on. It's a busy one today. We're d- uh, we are combining our summer show from and our pre-season show we did last year. We're combining those two together to do a bit, to do to basically like one massive pre-season show before the the hot. Before the hockey season properly uh, gets in the way, although given how this was released in October, it was already been started. But hey, you know, you know, you know we roll by now on Tiro Port. Yeah, so I'll explain more about, about what we're going to be doing for our fifth, for our fifth anniversary later on, towards the end, at the very, very end of the show. We do at the very, at the very end of the, of the show. We we'll do the show, but also coming up today, we're going to be looking at all the news that's been going on across the NHL over the, over the, over the summer months. You know, we've all been resting and being excited for what's going to be a very exciting year for Saturday hockey as a whole because it, 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 it is very, very exciting this year. This year, I think we could achieve some high, some good things, some very, very good things here. I think I, I feel confident for the, for the evolution that's about to begin, so more on that a little bit later on. Um, we're going to be looking back at the preseason window for your shots, which of course also featured some European action ahead of the global series matchup between the National Predators. We're also going to be previewing the Pacific Division, did we did last year, you know, 
look at the state of the, of the division now we've got used to how it is now with the Kraken now fully having the expansion tag taken off them and of course like last season we're going to make some bold predictions on who could do well come opening night but like I say don't always do them and we're also going to be looking ahead to the start of the of the, of the uh, campaign for the Sharks and put our and put out our hopes going forward so it's going to be a very very busy show to start uh, the first uh, episode of our wood anniversary our wood season <laughs> no the wood, wood, wood no wood season is necessary wood, wood anniversary <laughs> that's so exciting as I said, we'll, be, we'll be talking more about what we're going to be doing for that towards the end of the show so stick around right there's a lot to cover on Okay, so we'll take a quick break. Like I said, say when we come back, we'll get you all caught up in all the news that's been going on across the past summer. Well, it has certainly been a busy summer. Uh, and I thought we could start... Uh, today's show, we give you a little catch of all of the big, the big news that has been going on, you know, throughout throughout the summer months. It's been it's been a very very busy 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 time, not just obviously for you know, our sharks, um, but also across the league. I'll give you the sharks news as well. Uh, while I'm at that, <coughs> oh, because there's been a lot. That's been going on, and I do mean a lot. So, um, we'll do our best. Um, <laughs> most of the shots you'll know by now, but I'll, I'll just I'll read it through to you uh, regardless. Um, in fact, why don't we start with some uh, with some NHL news? And that is, of course, the the uh, the, the carousel, as I'm calling it this season, of um. Of coaches, you know, being fired and fired and hired, fired and hired. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is going to be my fourteenth year now as a shark. When we get, to, when we get, when we get, when we get into the, when we get into the twenty twenty three portion, it'll be my fourteenth year as a whole. I'm trying to remember the last time we didn't have a season. Four of um, coaching changes. You know, when was the last? You know, when was the last time we didn't have so many coaches being fired? You know, left, right, and right and centre. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? It just feels like, like this season, like now in the NHL, you can't seem to last um, more than a year. In your job as a co- as a coach, it just doesn't seem. It's like it's not really it's, coaching in the NHL. It's not really the safest job in the in the uh, job anymore. Uh, but <laughs> but again, after the last few years we've had, what job is safe? But definitely in the NHL, coaching is not uh, a safe place to to um you know to be to be in. But. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I thought we'll start with that. Um, 
just to run you through it because there has been a lot um, going on. So I'll get so we'll go through each of the other coach changes that have been happening across um, the league over the summer. So we start obviously with the box. Uh, we'll do it in alphabetical order, shall we? So the Boston Bruins, um, who fired um, Bruce Cassidy. This was a shock one. He got fired on June the 6th, uh, 2022. So a couple of weeks after the Bruins um, got eliminated from the the, 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 uh, the playoffs. Um, this is what I think the Bruins are going to regret. Because I think Cassidy had, been, had done very well under the Bruins. Under the, the Bruins, he managed to um, compile a 245-108-46 record in just six seasons. Um, he won the Jack Adams Trophy in, in the abbreviated in the destructive 1920 season. Um, they'd reached the post every year under his tenure, and of course, they also had a President's Trophy in that destructive season. Of course, as was like last 2019. I think this is going to be a big. I think the Bruins are going to regret this. This dearly, I think they're going to really, really regret this. Their new coach coming into the 2023 season is Jim uh, Montgomery, who uh, was the previously the head coach of the Dallas Stars from 2018 2019, and he was named their head coach on July the 1st. So, a lot of these you could go, Oh, it's the in previous jobs. Yep. <laughs> right. Next up, we have the Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks. Um, they made a big mistake right at the beginning of the season when they got rid of Colton. Uh, Derek King then got the interim tag. Uh, the Blackhawks decided not to take that tag off and decided to go for a new change. And they've gone with uh, Luke Richardson. Um, Richardson is formerly um, an assistant coach with the Montreal Canadiens. And he was named the head coach on of the Blackhawks on the June 27th, sorry, 2022. The Dallas Star, so Rick Bonus is now gone. Oh, you poor things. Because guess who the Stars have got as their new coach? Yep, Peter DeBoer. <laughs> oh, you poor things. <laughs> so five days after the Stars uh, were eliminated from the postseason, um, and the contract expiring bonus. He resigned, actually. He's one of the rare times where a coach wasn't fired. They chose to stand down. He resigned as head coach of the Stars. In two and a half seasons with Dallas, he got uh, recorded um, an, an 89-60-25 record. Um, and they got them to the Stanley Cup Files for the first time in 20 years. DeBoer um, was most recently, as we know, served as the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, uh, I'll tell you Vegas one month. Prior, I was named head coach on June 21st, 2022. So the Detroit Red Wings are next. They, uh, their old coach was Jeff Blasiel. They've now got with Derek Luarde. On April the 30th, 2022, the day after the Red Wings season finished, it was, and basically the regular season as a whole finished, it was announced that Blasiel's uh, contract would not be renewed, and he posted a record of 204, 261-72 in seven seasons of Red Wings and made the playoffs uh, just once in his tenure. Um, Lewand is was formerly an assistant coach with the Tampa Bay Lightning and was named head coach on June the 30th, 2022. Lord, the Panthers was an interesting one because obviously the, the Quinn Bill saga happened and then obviously they brought in Andrew 
Burnett, who was named interim. Now, you would think he are the President's Trophy winners. You might want to keep him and take the tag off. That would have been enough. But nope, the Pampers decided to go with a fresh change. They brought in Paul Maurice. Um... Uh, Brunette finished out the season though, 51-18-6 with Florida, winning the President's Trophy and make it to the second round of the playoffs. Uh, Maurice, most recently, was the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets uh, for 2021 and was then named permanent and was named head coach on June 22nd, 2022. The Montreal Canadiens, well, the Canadiens, it's, it's not really a new coach. Basically, they're the only ones I think so far who's Decided to stick with injury. My as you know, came in during during the midpoint of the of the season, um, as the in and remained uh, for the rest of the year as an in, as an interim after the Canadians' dire start um, uh, to that season. Uh, team being last lead at the time of Duchenne's departure, um, and then and then St. Louis came in. And he's now had the interim tag taken off him. He's been promoted. He got promoted to permanent coach on June the first, twenty twenty two. So that's the interim tag come off from Montreal there. So it's not really much of a switch around, but we'll mention it. The New York Islanders. This was a shock. So as we know, Barry Trotz got fired on May the 9th, twenty twenty two, ten days after the conclusion of the regular season. Now, during their time, Trotz managed to get a record of 152, 102, 34 in four seasons with the Islanders and got them into the postseason on every single year in this term, including two back-to-back semi-final appearances, because obviously you can't call 2021 a commerce final because it wasn't classed as commerce final, even though what that kind of... uh, You get what I mean, you get what I mean. Logistics. Eh. And Lane Lambert has been brought in. He was previously for their coach going into this season. He previously was an assistant coach under Trot and was named head coach on May 16. Interesting to note is that Barry Trot is not going to be on the team this year. Um, this is a bit of a shock news. This is when we learned during the latter end of Stanley Cup. It was, uh, at the time, Winnipeg were trying to see if they could work with him. They were, they were quite interested in getting him on their team. And then he basically said, no, I'm not going to be on the team this year. So that's a bit of a shock there. Right. Next up on the carousel, it's the Philadelphia Flyers. They had a very, they've had a very tumultuous time of coaching. Um, again, this is another one with the interim, ta- with an interim, but they're not designed to go forward. Mike Yu was the, was the interim. He will not be returning. Instead, the Flyers will be going with John Tortorella. Who, as we all know, previously was the coach of the Blue Jackets between 2015 to 2021. Um, and he was named head coach on June the 17th. Now we bring up our Sharks. So, boop, boop, boop. Um, I think I should, well, I'll say this for the, for the, new, for the new stuff, for the Sharks new stuff, because I think that's more, more of that. So, we'll then move to Vegas. So, Peter Ball's out. Bruce Casty's in. They're gonna, that machine is going to eat Bruce Cassidy alive. It's going to regret this. He's going to regret this. So, no surprises. Peter's ball got fired on May 
2022, 16 days after the Vegas Golden Knights season officially ended for the first time ever with no postseason birth. I think I've almost got out of my system now. I've got now because we are almost at a new season. <laughs> so he's now gone, which was not surprising. Because um, as you all know, the Vegas machine, um, the Vegas front office is ruthless. They are a ruthless machine. So good luck to Bruce Cassidy because he's going to need it. Because if he does not do well, he's going to be out of his ear not long after. Um, but yeah, that was a shock. That was, I think that's be the biggest shock. He got named the head coach on June the 14th. And then that brings us to uh, Winnipeg. Um, they will not be going with their interim, David Lurie. He's Lurie, he's gone. Um, instead, Rick Burnett will be the new coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Hmm. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Um... Interesting though is that Burns originally, um, briefly, uh, coached the first version of the Jets during the 88 89 season. Um, so that's interesting. A little tie there to history. Because we know how Jets 2.0 want to like to, like to claim that Jets 1.0 history, though you can't really have it because it should be the Coyotes to have it. Um, and he got named head coach on July the 3rd, 2022. And that brings us uh, um, up, to uh, up to date with all the coaching. Moving around left, right, and center. Right and center. Um, of course, obviously, there's ours yet to do, which I'm going to do in a moment. In fact, we'll do that now. So let's do some actually do some sharks news. So, like I said, we'll say the sharks news for the end because there's a lot to get through. So we'll do that at the end. Um, free agency, of course, has been very, very interesting. And uh, interesting. There's been lots of movement going around, particularly obviously with um, the three, for three of the big hitters from last year, Cap. So that's Calgary, Colorado, and Florida. There's been very big trades left, right, right, and center there. Um, and also, we did, of course, do lose a big fish to Carolina. Brembers has now gone to the uh, to the Carolina Hurricanes. So that is a big. Bit of a blow, but I think it just shows how our new raging Mike Grace is not afraid to you know, make tough decisions. But hopefully, he's going to be a lot different than Doug Wilson was. Doug, Doug Wilson, remember, he made big decisions. He didn't really, he gave away good stock, but never got good stock in return. So I'm hoping that Mike Greer can be, he has to trade good stock, get some good stock back. Yeah, so, they, yeah, so a lot of things to be done. I won't go for it all because. Or you can look at yourselves because we're here, we're here all night. But the, I'd always put out the big, the teams that's been making the biggest splashes have been Calgary, Florida, and Colorado. And Colorado, interestingly, uh, they've not kept Darcy Kemper. They're at it again. Colorado have done it again. They've let a good netminder go. Remember last year? And obviously. The Seattle Kraken got that big steal to take Philip Grubauer off their hands. We all thought, ooh, that's going to be it for the Colorado Blanche now. Probably another year, make it to the second run and out again. But uh, of course, as they all proved to us, nope, they're fine. So I don't, so 
So even though that's probably big, 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 big news that they've not managed to keep hold of the, of the netminder who helped them get that championship back in, back in the summer. Well, probably we're not going to worry too much because Colorado, I think we'll probably be fine. Unless they get cup fatigue, then that'll be a very different story. But then again, the last few years, cup fatigue's not really been at play, has it? A lot of years past, but yeah. So yeah, so I thought those, so to me, those kind of been like the big hitters in terms of the free agency that's been going, that's been, um, going on there. Right. And I'll finish off the AHL news with some little tidbits. They're just small tidbits before I put them in. So the first of them, and they both obviously are um, concerning the AHL draft. Now, the first bit to do with this order. Now, if you pay close attention to the 2022 draft that took place in Montreal, you'll notice that Edmonton was sporting a very interesting look, weren't they, in terms of their jerseys? Because, um, yes, the orange is gone. That's, that's a round of applause. Honestly, the Edmonton Oilers jersey the last few years, and he... Uh, that orange has just been ghastly. It really was. I mean, the only team that can really pull off orange this league is the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, orange is not really a great jersey colour, but the Philadelphia, they see no one's much to put off. And obviously, Anaheim Spurs, they've got a better pair of which is which no. No. <laughs> yeah, so they're going to have new jerseys this year, although they're going back to an old classic look. They're going back to a look they had around about like the 80s time, so it's dominantly blue. With the orange stripe, um, and their old kits, they're, they're not old kits, they're, they're road kits, I was about to just say, they're pretty much the same, except the blue would be more royal blue, so it's what Buffalo had, although Buffalo they would match before it's off. Um, yeah, so thankfully, when we go to Edmonton, we won't be having to see the ghastly orange, that's a good thing there. And the final bit of news, this, this has just recently come out. Uh, they have announced who is going to be getting the 2023 NHL Draft. And also the 2023 NHL Awards Ceremony. So for, the fir- so for the first time since 2006, both events are going to take place in the exact same city. So Nashville will be hosting the 2023 NHL Draft and NHL Awards Ceremony. Very interesting choice to go with Nashville because I mean they've already been given a special event uh, this season because of course they'll be playing us in Prague for that global series just to kick to kick start the regular season. Even though the league wants to pretend it's not technically kicking start the league, but technically it is because points will be on the line in Prague. All right, let's make that clear. But, uh, but interesting choice, particularly since how of course the HL does seem. To, does have an agreement with Seattle that within the first seven years of the Kraken's life, they would get a draft and the all and an All Star weekend. Hmm. So it's interesting if they're not trying to go and cash in one of those now. And then you can maybe in three or four episodes give them the other one. But hmm, we'll see. But yeah. So yeah. So the NHL draft will take place in Nash in Nashville, um, on the on June the twenty eighth and the twenty ninth. So it's going. So we're going back to um, pre-COVID times when the NHL draft did usually take place towards uh, the end of June. So that, so that to me, even though we, even though we haven't got the key dates for the the, um, for the season just yet, that for me signals the intention that the league probably is going to be aiming to, to for the Stanley Cup to wrap up normally when it would be, which would be early June, despite the fact we are going to be finished the regular season 
mid-April next this season coming up. Um, so June 28, 29, that'll be the draft. The awards ceremony is going to take place a few days earlier. It will take place on the 26th of June. And this is going to be the first time since 2006 that both events uh, took place in the same city. And that year it was Vancouver. Uh, the the Asia Awards over the last few years tend to just tend to t- keep taking place in Vegas. Although I kind of have felt since the Golden Knights have come to town, maybe really it, it, we should we should let other teams now start bidding for that because before the Golden Knights c- came to town, it's like yeah, well fine, yeah, you can have it in Vegas. It's a neutral venue, yeah, fine. But now Vegas, the Golden Knights are not just in town, but also become a force to be reckoned with. You kind of should be thinking, well, maybe maybe we should let other Team cities bid for it and see if they like to do it. So I think this is something we should maybe see going forward um, and in the next year and in, in the years to come. Now, Nashville last hosted the draft. Oh, this is kind of perfect, the way. They last hosted the, the draft in 2003. In fact, I'm going to look up to see how, if the awards have been in any other cities. Now, obviously, so you get a Birmingham second. I'd like to know that. I'd like to know because obviously they've been dominantly they've been in Vegas. Let's see. Oh. Uh, da, 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 da. Now this might take some time. Let's see if I need to be- bear with me one second. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Me one second. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure we're going to find it, but uh, tell you what, I'll look and we'll see if, and we might do it for two report bed. We'll look at that another time, not right now. Yeah, so Nashville's going to be hosting the awards and the uh, and the NHL draft. So obviously, no doubt, he's going to be in Nashville. It's going to be a massive, massive party. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. On top of the fact that Nashville this year got their outdoor game to host outdoor game, which I knew they were going to get after the Preds fans literally piled into Texas a few years ago for the Winter Classic. Um, obviously, this year they're going to be with us in Prague for the Global Series, which, which will kick off the 2022-23 regular season campaign as a whole. Um... And of course, in 2016, they hosted the AHL All-Star Weekend in what was the first of its current format. So, hmm. So it's kind of like Nashville starting now to become a a team where you think, yeah, they're probably going to be given a lot of the bigger bends. They're probably going to be, they're probably going to be like a Boston, a Pittsburgh, a Chicago team that you'd like to consider. You'd probably think, oh, they're probably going to be mixed to get more of the events. So, uh, that bonus. Alright, so that concludes the AHL news side. I'm going to now roughly go through all the Sharky stuff. You know most of it anyway, but I'll go through it quickly because it's nice to do on the podcast. So, obviously in Saturday, it's been big, big, big times, exciting times ahead. We've got a brand new... It, everything's going to feel new this year. The regime's come in and it's going to feel like a completely brand new era. And hopefully that's going to be the start of some new, brand new things and hopefully... 
good times um, ahead. So the first, of course, is obviously Mike Greer announced as our brand new general manager. This is a big, 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 big coup. It's it's a right. It's a step in the right direction. It just shows how we in Thursday are literally paving the way of change. We are literally setting the example for everybody else. It's the first black general manager in the National League. It's brilliant, and I think I think Mike is going to be is going to literally leave his footprint on this team. Um, it might take a while to note to notice it at first because obviously. He comes in with a very big job on his hands, um, compared to what Doug Wilson had all those years ago. Mike Greer comes in with a very, very big job on his hands, and that is to reshape this team and get it back into a position it was going into. Well, back back in the glory days, back in the heyday, where we were, where we did used to be a playoff contender, would, would most likely always be a shoe in to get one of those three spots. In the Pacific. Um, now of course that's not going to happen straight away. Um, but it will be interesting to see what moves Mike Graham wants to make. What decisions he's going he's gonna to choose to do. And what his plan is for this team going forward. I think it's going to be very interesting to see that. I don't think we'll notice it straight away. And that's mainly thanks to the fact that we are going to be starting the, this, this upcoming season in Prague. So really that global series does not... Help matters because I think we, because obviously you can, obviously we we could deal with the Sharks being in North America from day one of the season and that would help to see oh is there a little change there is it a little different that's yeah so the global series is not at all so we won't so you're not going to see it straight away from the beginning but I think give it time we'll see how it goes forward and I think he could he could you know be a very big asset for the team but I think it's it's absolutely amazing news very very great news. Now, of course, that meant um, uh, with the new general manager, the big, the big question was, are they going to, do they want to keep Bob Boone Do they want to have a brand new clean slate? What I actually quite loved, I did, I actually did think this was going to happen. So when the news came that Bob Boone got fired, I wasn't too surprised because I, I kind of thought, well, I think this is kind of, this kind of needs to happen. you got a new general manager in, let's do a fresh start. Let's have a fresh start, new, fresh start, everything New. Let's just do it all. All new. All new. Um. So yeah. So we do have a brand new coach in the floor, David Quinn, who uh, most recently was the coach of the New York Rangers. Um. So we'll see how that goes uh, there. And when it, we we see a brand new coaching staff come in, brand new hockey operations. It's um. You know. It's all, everything just feels brand new, which if you tie in obviously with the fact that the Barracuda are also about to, to open Texie U Arena, that just, it just makes it feel that this season as a whole, everything is just brand new from the get-go. It's going to be absolutely amazing. It feels like that Saturday Hockey as a whole is about to enter a brand new, exciting, shiny era, and it's going to be very, very exciting. We're not going to see the changes straight away. But I feel this is definitely something that give give it time, in uh, time we eventually will see those changes made, and I think they could help us both the better because we are going to win a Stanley Cup one day. The question is, of course, when that is the case. 
So yeah. So the last two bits of news I want to give you guys is of course some big, 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 big news. Both. Um. We'll do the Doug Wilson one first because this ties in with obviously Doug Wilson having gone. Um, so yeah, so the Sharks are going to be recognising Doug Wilson's legacy and accomplishment uh, on October the fifteenth when we host the Chicago Blackhawks, um, which is no surprise given obviously the history, um, Doug Wilson's connection to well, both franchises in a, in a big way. So. Because, yeah, so no surprise there. <laughs> so he will be honoured in a special recognition ceremony prior to the team's October 15th game against the Chicago Blackhawks. As part of that ceremony, a banner is going to be unveiled at SAP Centre detailing Wilson's significant contributions to the, uh, to the team as a player and executive. And each banner that attends the game will receive a commemorative replica mini banner. And additional details regarding that special event will be released um, later on. So, yeah, so that is a bit. So it just so it just shows how um, the sharks literally, even though we are now moving on to a brand new era, it is lovely how we are able to to commemorate commemorate the past and spread it because he did right. Despite what happened had had in the last few seasons. Um, He's not really made great decisions. He did a whole... He did leave a massive blueprint on this team. Uh, so I think it's very important that we do commemorate it. And so forth. So that is good. But it's the other piece of news that I'm more excited about. Not just because I'm going to actually be there for this event. But the fact that... How long has it been now? How long has this been in the making? We've had... I mean... Our franchise is set is uh, is first. This is, is going to be the thirty second season in franchise history. Now we've developed so many great players. How many of those have now? Most do you think? Oh, their numbers going to go on the rafters, and yet it hasn't happened yet. Well, it's about to finally happen because Patrick Marlowe will be having his number twelve retired by the Sharks in this season, and it's the. But he's gonna be the first to get that honour. I mean, really, he had to do it. He, he, he did it. I mean, if you think about all those great Sharks players that have been that have been and gone, either because they've retired or because they're um, in past just news on other clubs, like Pavelski, for example, um, and obviously Birds, who's, who's another example. Now you can now add him to the list, and obviously Fortin. You got a thing out of all those. If you get to pick one of those to be the first, kind of, kind of had to be Patrick Marlowe, didn't it? It kind, of, kind of had to be. It had, kind of had to be him that went first. So that is absolutely brilliant. So, yeah. So we'll be having his number twelve retired in by the Sharks on February the twenty fifth, twenty twenty three, before the game against the Chicago Blackhawks. So, oh my God, Blackhawks fans, you lucky, lucky people! Next year, if you come to us, you're going to get part of some celebrations. You lucky, lucky people! So yeah, as I mentioned, he's going to be the first shark ever to get this this honor. I mean, you, you look at Marlowe's resume. You you literally look at that thing. Well, come on, if it was if anybody. If any shark legend was going to get it first, he, he was going to have to be him, wasn't it? It was going to have to be him. 
I mean, what he's done in 21 seasons alone uh, for Zaza, uh, it's been, been amazing. Uh, he really did in games played, goals and points, and it was the second assist behind Joe Fulton. Um, and of course, he's the actual leader in games played. And that record will be his for all time, right? So all you others out there, try to catch You don't even dare. You're not going to catch it. You will not catch it. And that is his record now. For, for Forever. That is going to be his record now. Um, Yeah, but absolutely. Uh, it's brilliant. It's just amazing news. And it's what's even more amazing is the fact that I'm actually going to be there for... This wonderful event. I'm finally getting back out of the first. So excited. Yeah, so I'm going to be in, in, in Teal Town from February the 23rd to March the 5th. Well, I fly in on February the 22nd, but by then most of the day will be gone. So from February the 23rd to March the 4th is when I'm going to be there. Yeah, I fly in to Saturday, February the 22nd, and fly out March the 5th. So between 23rd of February and 4th of March, I'm going to be there for. In Zaze, so we've seen uh, the Predators, Blackhawks, Canadians, Blues, and the Capitals. I'm also going to be getting some, but I could have games too, which I'm so excited about because I didn't get to do that the last time I was there. So it's amazing. So, yeah, so this for me was like, I was just like, literally, when I heard, when I heard this, it's like, yes! And then when I heard the, when I saw the date, I was like, oh my god! I believe it. It's gonna be happening when I'm gonna be there. It's gonna be absolutely. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be absolutely, absolutely just amazing. It's gonna be brilliant. It's gonna be an amazing thing to do. Um, yeah. But I mean, we can all list a lot of Sharks players who are no longer part of the team, whether that's because, whether it's through retirement or it's because they've moved to other clubs that you think, oh yeah, well they're probably gonna get one now, and they will get it, and they will get it. Like Bursky. Pabelski's next on my list. I've, I've drawn up a list. I should I should maybe do a children as well. But I have got a list of players, sharp players, who should um, be guessing in the future, in the near future about uh, their number retired by ours. Marlowe was definitely on there. So that could be a tick off. Tick him off. Pabelski is next on my list. Then you've got Burns, Fulton, um and then a lot of the others on my list are, pl- are players that are still with us, you know, so like, look, so like, Terry Lorang, T.R. Meyer, Tomas Hurtle, well, there's because not able to do wait, because obviously, let's love keeping one in the prime. Yeah, so there we go. So we're, we're, we've all done it, we've all probably the last year to draw the list of, if we ever got to pick how, who should get a number retired, who would it be? And there we go. Yeah, but that is a big, big, big achievement, and I think it's rightly so that he's the first one that gets the honour, and I'm just so excited, and even more excited because I'm going to be there. It's absolutely, it's good, brilliant. Saying, so, oh, so that is all the big, big, big news that's been going on throughout the uh, uh, the summer, and uh, yeah, so it's going to be a very, very exciting season coming up. Oh, it's going to be very, very, very exciting there. When we come back, we're going to be seeing how the pre-season... We're going to do like a pre-season look. But we did this last year on our pre-season show. We're bring, so, I'm bringing it back again um, this year. Although, it won't surprise you that the usual suspects were on 
were our pre-season. And of course, obviously, we had that little one in Germany. So we'll talk more about So that we'll take a quick break and we'll, and we'll go, look back on the Sharks pre-season for 2022. It's time to look back on our preseason for 22-23. And right, I think I should mention beforehand we're not going to include the um, the Global Series Challenge between Isper and Berlin. We're going to save that uh, for the bonus episode where we're going to cover the whole uh, Global Series. We're going to save that just for another, for another time. So we'll just cover all the, the, the preseason games that took place during the month of September. So that is, in total, uh, five games, two against the Kings, two against the Ducks, and one against the Golden Knights. <laughs> Overall, a very, very, very impressive post-preseason, I should say. Just one scratch, which came in the split squad games, and um, it's a bit like, it was a bit like last year's split squad games. The, the, the game you think you're going to win, you lose. The game you think you're going to lose, you win. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so a very impressive uh, pre-season. It's a bit like last year, you know, there were really, really good, good things. Like, you know, there's always like the signs were there that like, we turn a corner. And we did see that in the first start of the, la of the last season. It's just we couldn't carry that um, all the way through. So hopefully history's not going to repeat itself and it, sh and it shows us good promises and then it sort of falls flat. I mean, obviously having to start this the year in not in the continent doesn't, does not help matters. Um, being a participant in the global series, but um, luckily we're not in the same, it's not just, we're not, we're not the only ones in the same boat. You get the drift. Obviously Colorado and Columbus will go through that exact same thing in November, but for, but for us it's trickier because obviously we'll be doing that at the beginning of the season, then during the season. So, like I say, we're going to save the pro we're going to save the last game in the preseason, so which was between Isper and Berlin. We're going to save that for our first episode where we're going to cover everything that happened in the global series. So also that will be also including Nashville's tilt with SC Burr as well. So we'll save that for the first episode, um, which will be coming out before. Uh, our first episode covering the first month of the season, so keeping up for that. So, like I say, so yeah, so two, so it's oh, preseason's getting so dull now, isn't it? Because just it's always the same proponents. Can we, can we just maybe switch it up every now and then? No, it's becoming a bit. Of a, I mean, obviously, I don't mind seeing the ducks and then the kings right, but just like, come on, can we just maybe switch the preseason up a little bit? Uh, anyway, so we begin with. Now, of course, obviously, I should men mention that um, the this is the this was the first the, the time we see the, the sharks in the evolve jerseys. Oh God! Oh dear, dearie dear. So, yeah, so that's gonna take a while. That's really gonna take a while to try and get into them. Oh God! Anyway, so yeah, so. First pre-season pre game of the 2022-23 season saw us on home soil taking on the LA Kings and a very, very, very tight 
tight affair at the end of the day. We just managed to get the win in in overtime it was. The fact was a very, very tight three to lead. A very cagey affair. A very, very even evenly matched as, as well. Uh, this was, well if you go through the score the score the scoring uh, which bit good for it maybe maybe Bear with me one second. Just, just give me two ticks. I thought I had it all set up and then it's now gone all skew with. Right, maybe it's just two, it's two seconds. Right. Let's, let's do that instead. See if that works. Uh, no, it's still giving me the same. Problems. Oh no, I just I've got it sorted out. Right, there you go. I've got it out. Sorry, okay, right. Now we can now we can go for the screen. So there we go. Let's go for the screen now, shall we, in this bird game. So the Sharks kicked things off with Luke Cunning getting his kick off the scoring at the six twenty five mark of the first period. Assists from Hurtle and Meyer. Then there was no way scoring in the second period. A very, very tightly fought second period there. So, there. Um, and they all came to alive in the third. Because um, LA in that third period tied it at just the 59 second mark of the third period. Thank you, courtesy of Carl Grunstrom with assists from Clark and Lemu. Then the Sharks were nice to regain the lead courtesy of the team. Maya at the 9.50 mark of the third period. Assist from Benning and Hurtle. Unfortunately, though, the Kings did manage to tie it up, getting towards the late, late end of the third period. Blake City at the 17.25 mark of the third, with Grun from getting the assist. And then we would go to overtime. <laughs> at the 3.33 mark of the overtime, our Catch here, Lucasaw steps up to the plate, gets to get with her, uh, with the assist from Carlson and LeBanc. So, a very, very tightly full con contest there, um, which ended up being a big, big win for the Sharks. First win in the above jerseys. What? Oh, I know it's pre season, but I'm ca But come on, it's got a count. So oh, dear. Alright, okay. Oh, that's too much teal. Oh. <laughs> Alright, so it's time to bring back another old segment from the the, uh, the pre-season show we did last year. Because uh, obviously this year we combined that and we lost the summer show together to make it one big pre-season show. Um, this is something actually actually a strange way I actually did quite like doing. Because um, obviously last, last season, you know, we were returning to the old format of Atlantic, Metropolitan, Central Pacific divisions. Although at the time, uh, although at the time, 
at the time, of course, we were going through a little realignment because obviously the Cracker were coming in, it was their inaugural season, it's the expansion team. And obviously, there's a power vacuum up for grabs because it's been quite a few years since all these Pacific rivals had seen each other. Um, well, they said seen some of them because obviously, being their respective 24 divisions, but not all of them. So, it was going to be really interesting, interesting to see who did or who was going to grab the, the balance of power in that vacuum. And I, I think, in a way. I wasn't too far off last year. Because last year I said, um, oh, Calgary could be in, in, in the mix. LA could be in the mix. Um, Vegas probably would be in the, mi- would be in the mix. Um, so I, so I, I actually wasn't that too far off. But of course, as we saw last year, which was very, very interesting. It, and I've got the uh, last season division standings up with me to help me out in this this, this segment. Because um, we couldn't do that last year. Now we can. Uh, it's quite interesting as a whole. Because um, we had a real battle on our hands last year. The position is always the one to watch. And the, the position is kept jostling back and forth. It generally felt like pre-Vegas days. Because pre-Vegas days, the Pacific division would always be very intriguing. The lead would change every so often, and then Vegas comes in and we'll just talk a bit on that. Um, so, throughout the distribution last year, we had Vegas had a, had at one point went in the top spot. Calgary spent a large majority being back and forth, back and forth out of it. At one point, the Duckies! They were in the pole position. I did not see, I don't know how I'm doing well, they were at one point were in pole position and looked like could be a playoff team, but then of course um, Falter and ended up finishing seventh overall. Um, in fact, only in fact only one point behind us in the end. So yeah, we had seventy seven. The docks got seventy six. So I think we had a close, close, got close there. But yeah, it was a real interesting battle. Obviously, some things I did get right from last year's prediction. I did predict that Seattle probably wasn't going to be in the mix, but you could argue that. Obviously, they were expansion team. They were, it was their first year, and given the type of expansion draft they held, they weren't looking to make big waves. They weren't looking to do what Vegas did five years ago. Go Seattle are clearly what I've got, and I'm is, is more. They are more building for the future and being sustainable rather than literally just burning all fumes when they're very young. So, Seattle, well played there. Um, and I think we will stick with, with Seattle to start this um, this sort of prediction segment off. Because the tag is now off. Okay, so any Kraken fans listening, you can sort of relax now a bit more. Because the expansion tag is now off. Okay, you don't need to... Okay, there's all the hype being the new, the new kids on the block and that... Uh, thing, you know, being coming in, smiling, team, all these amazing first. That's now off, you, off you guys. You don't need to worry about it anymore. You can just come in. You can just come in and now be just one of us. It's all. It's great. It's, it's all fine. But it's going to be interesting to see though. Can the Kraken build on what they did in their first season? If you look at their record, they've got. They were. They, their record was twenty across the eighteen games last year. Their record was twenty-seven. 
49-6 for a total of 60 points. Now, if you compare that to the other bottom clubbers, so Arizona, who only got 57 in the, cent in the central, and if we go to the east, um, we'd obviously... Uh, Philadelphia, who ended up on 61, and Montreal ended up with 55. That actually isn't too bad, but obviously it's not good. Um, and compared to some of the other, the, the expansion teams from the 90s, I think they might have been thrilled to have got the 60 points. So, in terms of points, that is not bad, and in any, and in any other year, that could be good enough to get maybe 6th or 5th. Obviously, in this division, in these days, it's no not going to be the only lucky. You can get seventh with that. Um, but yeah, so the Kraken definitely got something to build on there. But there, and it's going to be very interesting to see. I think the Kraken again are going to be a team to watch in the division, but for completely different reasons. Last year, we were all what. We were all watching them because of the expansion franchise. It was their first year. We want to see what they're like. This year, we're going to be keeping an eye on them to see well, what sort of trajectory are they going to go on. Are they going to be building steps in the right direction, or are they just going to sort of just sort of stay where they are, be like the be like, you know the, the person that makes up the number in, in their division, so it's an even even playing field, like we've got the central with Arizona, who are going to be like that for quite some time. So it'd be very interesting to see. To see what happens there with Seattle. Uh, particularly as they spent most of that season jostling between them themselves and Vancouver to the board being the bottom club. Uh, then Vancouver had a very, very brilliant second half. And that was a complete... Combined with the Ducks faltering. Well, we all saw that. Yeah, so is going to be very interesting to see. Um, I... I oh. I think for the Kraken, I don't think we're going to see them in a postseason this year. I think for the Kraken, it's going to take. It might end up taking the the same amount of time we we did. So that would have so that was the ninety three ninety four. So that was year three. Um, so yeah, so it might take the Kraken the same amount of time that we did, or maybe maybe a little bit longer. It might be extra. So it might it might be a good two or three years away before we get to see the Kraken. In playoff hockey for the first time, it might. Alright, but here is where I think we're going to see a big difference between the Kraken from their first year to their second year. In their first year, they did not have an NHL team to rely on. Because Coachella, oh my god, that's so. Coachella, you could tell the coach what's happened with Coachella Barney Firebirds into a soap opera. You really could. So the Kraken had to enter a draw partnership. Now we know, as we saw in the 20. 2020-21 season, how those did not go down well for the team that had to do the partnership. So Blues, Canucks, Predators did, did not. Oh no, not Canucks. No, sorry. The Blues were with, with the Canucks, Predators with the Hurricanes, and the Pampers with the. Like I said, Blues, Pampers, Predators, they the had to enter the partial partnerships, and the Canucks, Lightning, Hurricanes were the teams that they had to join up with. The Kraken obviously joined up with the Pampers, with Charlotte. Just didn't go well, despite the fact that it's a very, very good HR franchise. This year, the Coach Bay Firebirds are here. Seattle now finally has eight AHL teams to call their own and have to call upon if they need be. And I think Coachella is going to provide a big impact to Seattle and might help them with more, more 
going forward in the season. That's the only difference I can see between Seattle Kraken from last year and this year. It's about they've now got the AHL team to call their own. So, it's more the, 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 the big hitters from last year that you need to keep an eye on. So that's the Flames, Oilers, and of course the Kings. Well, of course, the Kings were the big, were the big surprise factor for a lot. Even though I did last year, did say in the in the second last year, you know, I did say I think the Kings could be the ones maybe might might be might seize some of that power vacuum. I only really said it because I wanted the Californian team to get back into the playoffs. That happened. Now we need to ensure that oh, it was the blip. We need to ensure that Californian hockey gets beyond. The end of April. So the big question for me is for the Kings is can they keep that that momentum up or was it just a one-time thing? Because they have been on a very, very, very lengthy rebuild of the Kings just to get back into Barcelona. They hadn't been there since Vegas arrived. The last, actually, the last time the Kings were in the playoffs was when Vegas arrived and was the team that, that got knocked out by Vegas, Vegas in that opening round in 2018. Vegas' third her power opponent and they got knocked out. And after that, the Kings have been there since. Um, yeah, so it's been quite a lumpy way for the other Kings fans, and I'm sure they're gonna. They, they've got the tools, the Kings. They have got the tools to to be a team that could be make a, a playoff streak. But the question is, can they do it? That's the thing. Do it. I mean, out of the three, the quadrilogy, you know, the Kings were the big surprise factor because you thought, well, they look like they could do it, and as, as we saw. In the West Division in the 2020-21 season, they did have the potential to make it to that top four, but didn't because they couldn't get a healthy momentum for the whole start season. And they missed that by a few points at the end. But and but here they were able to do it, and and also if we saw they took the orders all the way to seven. That went to seven. That first one series game, it was went all the way to seven games. So it would be very interesting to see what happens going forward with the Kings there. So. They could maybe be in the pub again. Who knows? So let's talk more in the top two. Edmonton and Calgary. Well, interestingly, last year, with a segment, I said Edmonton probably wouldn't be a team um, that would be in the mix to, to, to scoop up the power, the power vacuum. I thought I said they would kind of be like a bottom four in the top four. And yet, I was happily proven wrong. They, they went all the way to the Western Commerce Finals. And I think that if they hadn't gone up against Colorado in that Commerce Bar, they could have easily been the team that might have been the ones that took down Tampa in the final. Um, because obviously, with all the others, it's all about having scoring depth. It's always pretty good. We always have joked this pocket about how it's the McDavid and Dreisaitl show. It's always those two in the scoring. And what was interesting, we got into the play, got to the playoffs. It wasn't just those two that were making a big impact. Other players, who you thought, right? Why are you not stepping up in the regular season? And yet here they were stepping up in the playoffs and were making a big impact. And I think McDavid and Dreisaitl, I think, had more assists than they had goals to the playoffs. So it's like, wow. And I remember, actually, Edmonton, of all the teams that I decided to watch in the playoffs this last season, Edmonton, I think, was the most surprising and at the same time most intriguing because I'm like, this is what I should be seeing in the, from you guys in the regular season. Why is it, is it only the playoffs I'm seeing it now? And 
crazy lawyers, a lot of their players had to go through category injuries, and they still played. Like Leon Drysdale, for instance, he, uh, various points you could see he was doing with a very massive injury. No, he carried on playing, and that is tenacity. That's all I see there. Um, and also, I did like how all the lawyers did wear their thirds throughout the whole playoff run. And I thought, oh, I quite strangely like those. Sadly, they're going. Mm, I don't know, but yeah. So the lawyers, I think, were quite surprised. And actually, I think this this year, I think Edmonton is, is going to be the team to watch in the Pacific. And I think he has to. Uh, I think if you have to ask me, who I think the team is going to be the one to um, to watch and go do quite well this year, I think it will be it will be Edmonton. I mean, if you look at their record for both the top two last year, Edmonton won forty nine games, Calgary won fifty, so one game game less. I mean, yeah, there was still a massive points difference. There was a, there was a seven point gap between them and the Plains and everyone's overall standings because. Stanley, because the because the players had got picked up more OTL points than the Oilers did in the play, they had eleven, or it was only six. But it would be very interesting how that went. If the Oilers got more motivation wins, that would have been another four points. It would be interesting, interesting to see how that went out. But yeah, so I think I think the Oilers this year, based on what I, what I saw in their twenty twenty two run in the, in the Stanley Cup and a lot of the moves. They've been making in the off season. I think for me, Edmonton's going to be the one, going to be the, the team that I'm going to be that I think think we should be keeping an eye out for because I think they're going to be the ones that might challenge for the division. Similar to how I said last year that Calgary was going to be the one to challenge in the division last year, but well, I've changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's the older song goes. What difference, Dave? A day brings, or in this case, a year brings. <laughs> um, but that's because both teams have made big, big moves in the offseason. But the three oils have made good moves. Calgary have made bad moves, bad moves. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, but I think I just watch that ball. Speaking of Calgary, should we talk about them then? So yeah, so this time last year, I, I picked Calgary as a team to watch out for. It could be the ones to... Um, take the division. Now, I remember a lot of people were throughout this as the season progressed, they were very, very, very shocked and surprised to see Calgary was was doing well. And I, and I remember thinking, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I called it. <laughs> and if I was a Calgary fan, I would have done the told you so dance. <laughs> yeah, told you so. But of course, I'm not a character fan, so I'm not going to do the duck. So I won't be doing the duck. <laughs> but it just goes to show how you should not. How. Why I don't like to make pre season predictions because they never ever do go down right. I mean, a lot of Edge Air Talk Contrast last year picked Vegas and Edmonton as their top two for the Pacific. And. <laughs> you got one right, you didn't get the other one right. <laughs> Because you underestimated how the division goes. With a fun division, with a fun division, with the one where you can never tell who's going to get it until the end of the season. With a fun one and heart attacking division. But it's all good fun. Yeah. But oh, Calgary, 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 Calgary. They have let a lot of good stock go. Good drones gone. 
Tachaka's gone. Big players who have made Pete who've made big 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 strikes for their team did now gone. Tachaka's gone to the Panthers. Goodrow's gone to the Blue Jackets, although don't start for one minute thinking that's gonna turn the blue jackets around, okay? It's not. Okay, because the Sergeants says have been making big moves the last few years and they've got gone nowhere. So these things, oh Goodrow's now gone to the blue jackets, they're gonna now do well next in the metro. <laughs> don't even think about it. But wow. The Blaines, they just not have been able to keep hold of their good stock. You know, for whatever reason it is, whether it's cap space or it's, or it's you know, the issues like this play wide Sony is and the key play off of that many. You've let a, real, a lot of real good players go. Plus, of course, the Saddledoes is about to get very, 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 very cramped with the addition, of course, of Calgary's new AHL team, the Calgary Wranglers. What is it with Calgary liking very, very aggressive sports names? I am so glad I am not a Calgary supporter because I would have to be defending all these sports teams in Calgary, all their all their aggressive names. I wouldn't be able to have a leg to stand on. But yeah, but the Calgary Wranglers, they are the new team in the HL for Calgary. They obviously relocated from Stockton. They're going to be playing in the Salado with the Flames. On top of that, with the other uh, tenants of the uh, Saddle Dome, which are, which I'm going to bring up for you guys, because I had to look this up for the other day to do a trail report bid on the news. Uh, so I'll bring it up again now. Just So if you burn me two seconds, I will have it in a moment uh, for you guys. So, yeah, so the other resident tenants of the Star Dome are the Calgary Hitmen of the WHL and the Calgary Roughnecks of the NLL. So there's going to be four teams playing in that Star Dome next year. So they're going to end in trouble! Zero, dear, oh dear. But no. I think Calgary, I don't see them defending the division. Unless they have a really, really good start, I do not see Calgary being able to hold on to that division title. I think they're going to have to hand it over to their Alberta neighbours. <laughs> That's going to be awkward. <laughs> but I think Calgary have not made any good decisions off-season. They've just been letting really good stock go and go. Um, yeah, so I think Calgary, they might be able to get in the mix, but I don't think they'll be troubling for top spot this year. I think they'll, they'll, be, probably, they'll be lucky to try for maybe 4-3, four, 4-5, four, that sort of area. Because <laughs> I, I do believe this year, the team that's going to try to start to be in the most it's probably going to be Edmonton. They've made a lot of really great moves, and taking what I've saw from them in the 2022 playoffs, it, that for me is actually showing. Well, okay, the depth is there. It's just if McDavid and Dry Sudder can remember to pass instead of shoot, then we can maybe see that depth, depth more in the regular season. But yes. So then that leaves the rest of the field. So us, the Golden Knights, the Canucks, and of course the Duckies. Wow. Well, 
Here you have four teams that I do not know the, the state of play they could be in. Because Vancouver, for example, they had a dire first half last season. And you kind of thought, well, it's going to be them and the Kraken that sort of make up the bottom end of the division. And then, after anything, it's right before, before, before our extended Christmas break, Vancouver was starting to get good. They made the coaching change. It worked. I'm not sure if he's staying with them. I don't think we, I'm not sure we got news on that on our on our NHL news on our news round that we had earlier. Um, I need to check that. It worked. Vancouver got good and did put themselves back into the race. And they were talked about, but I but when Vancouver got talked about. I was like, mm, no, no. It was like the Panthers in the seventeen eight in the um, seventeen eighty season. Mm, yeah, you 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 might have to do a respectful finish, but uh, no, because you because you because you had too bad bad of a first start to be able to try and make up that that ground. I mean, yeah, you've been doing great well as a second half of the year, but you, you your bad start of the year was, was just was too much ground to make. You, you left yourself with too much to do, and particularly how those five spots in the West were fought on a knife edge between Vegas. But, Dallas and Nashville, it just wouldn't, um, wasn't enough. And yeah, and Vancouver finished uh, with a total of 92 points. In any other year, that point would be good enough. In, I mean, in any other, other year, that probably would have been good enough for a wildcard spot. Because Bagel was on 94, and then the to, to, to two wildcard teams from the West... Um, Nashville was on 97 and Dallas was on 98. So in any other year, for, for, for Bank, that, that, that point in Vancouver could have been enough. It's just unfortunate this season it wasn't going to be enough at all. We had. So, with Vancouver, I've got no idea where, where, what they're going to be. I, 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 don't, I, I don't really see them challenging. It could be a surprise factor again, but... Um, no, I think they're going to be more bottom four. As are, I think, sadly, I think the Ducks. I was amazed with how they had, with their first half of the year. I thought, oh my god. Anaheim's turned the corner. Wow. Yes. And with LA up there as well, I was like, yes. The Alliance has come together. Even though we can't really do our bit to play, the other two are doing well. Yes. We're going to have Cavalry in the playoff. We might have two teams in the representative cup of the States. Uh, of course, second half. It was rather after the All-Star weekend. Kind of when I came back from my Olympic break, it was like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so it, it, yeah it, it was kind of around about the time when I came back from, Olympi- from my Olympic break. That's when the docks started to falter. It was just like, oh, well. It was nice work last year, but uh, maybe, maybe next year. <laughs> Which I think is what the docks are still going to keep saying. Um, but you, you never know, you never know. I mean, it, 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 it was it was interesting. And like I say, at one point, the Ducks were in pole position. They did, at one point, were at the top of the, of the, of the division standings. And then as time went on, the others, so Calgary, Edmonton, LA, all came into play. And then obviously it was too much to grab the Ducks to try and work the way back above. Should I do us next, or should we do Vegas? Let's do, let's say, but I should say about it, right, right, Vegas, right. Oh, this is going to be interesting. 
Because, like I said with Vancouver, and their points tally in any other year would be good enough to get a playoff berth. You could also argue, so would have Vegas is. 94 points in any other year gone by, that probably would have been enough to maybe clinch a wildcard spot. But thank the gods! It wasn't, and finally they came crashing back down to planet Earth. <laughs> oh, it's been lovely, isn't it? Oh, I know. I've got to get. I know. I've got. I know. I've got to get on the city now because we are almost back into action now. It's New Year. Everything can happen, but oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, wasn't it so lovely? Thank you, Dallas Stars. Thank you. And the Arizona Coyote, you stayed too sort of playing apart because obviously it was that game between Dallas and Arizona that obviously did it because by that game going into overtime, it meant Dallas got the point they needed to clinch their, the last berth in, in the conference. And, conference. and then obviously it didn't matter what happened in Illinois with the Blackhawks Golden Knights in that shootout because by that point it was already too late. Now, we've already covered it on our show quite a bit, so I don't need to go too much into detail, but a lot of the issues for why Vegas didn't qualify are still there. And that is cap space. It's like, the Garnites, they've been in this league now for six years. They're six years now. They've been in the league now for six years. How do they still not understand you can't just go around being all spend, 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 spend. Right? There's a cap there is a cap space in the NHL. God and God do we know it, right? I'm sure all of us would love to get rid of get rid of cap space. Imagine what we could do if there was no cap space in the NHL. Can you imagine what we could all do? It'd be lovely, it'd be brilliant. Although having said that, we probably we probably would bankrupt the league. <laughs> They will deserve it. They will deserve it, given the, the appalling caps we've had on the on the on the um, over the last uh, several years. And I'm not sure it's going to go going to be. Um, in fact, I'm just looking it up. The maximum cap space for this upcoming season is is 82.5 million dollars, um, which is which is supposed to be an increase um, from last year, but only by a million. It's not much, is it? It's not it's not much. Not much at all, is it? But yeah. But yeah, how is it every single year that Vegas, despite the fact they they know there is a cap space, they know there's a cap there's a there's a cap on how much you can spend. And yet they just keep going, spend, 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 spend And that cap space is why the last few years you have had several problems. Because you have to keep jostling players around to try and you know, position the cap space and everything. And as you've seen over the off-season, they've had to lose some good players. Pacioretty, he's gone. He's gone to the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh my, Carolina, they've been doing some very big shopping, haven't they? Took Burns and Moors, Pacioretty of the Golden Knights. And they probably aren't going to be done when it comes to the traders on either. Wow, I think that, that's going to be nuts. Going to be interesting. But yeah, but... Seriously, Vegas, you need to learn that in this league, 
there is a certain amount of cat space that you have. That does not give me you have to go fill that cat space up so that you've got no room for, for manoeuvre. Alright? You, you, you can't just go spend, spend, spend. And we know what bags are like when they, when they spend, spend, spend. They spend, spend, spend. Then they ink, ink, ink. Ink them to these mega, mega deals. Like six year deal, seven year deal, eight year deal. It's like, for God's sake. But hey, I'm not going to stop them. Them. If, my, if my arch nemesis wants to go and blow their cat space and bankrupt themselves, go ahead and do it. I'm not going to stop them. But what the guys need to realise is the same problems they keep inflicting on themselves is why they are never going to get further than what they did in 1718. You peaked. You peaked too soon. And now you're paying the price for it. So... The interesting, now of course, the interesting question of course is going to be throughout the season. Of course, we're not going to know this until we get to the clinching, the clin, the, the clinch scenario time. That period between in March, when we get to the point where you start seeing NHL.com every single um, clinching scenario is perverse. That is probably going to be the point where we actually see whether or not Vegas is going to be in the mix or not. Now, of course, as you know me. I would love it if Vegas can miss the playoffs again. Because I don't because I don't think once is enough. No. I don't think missing out one season is, is, is good enough is, is enough. And plus, if they were to get back in this year, they, they, everybody in Sin City will just argue, oh last year was just a blimp. No it wasn't. Last year was karma. Love, it was karma. Doesn't it hurt again? Can't say what I actually want to say because obviously this is a podcast that involves some rude words about about language, so I won't do that. But uh, but no, I don't want them to argue the case like, oh, last year was just a blip because it wasn't. It was not. All right, you made some very very bad moves last year. You brought it on yourselves. Um, but yeah, I I don't think once is enough. I think they need to miss it out. They need to understand what it's like to to miss it a few years, like two or three years in a row. They need to know what it feels like. Um, and like I say, they're not they're not really in a position, obviously, position to say, oh, we've made the next day moving into mates put ourselves back in there. Yeah, you, you haven't. You you, you you have not, okay. You can you can argue all you want, but you've not. So I I think I do think and this is not because I want to see it happen. I again, because obviously I, I mean wouldn't it be great? I mean Partied a lot when obviously Dallas and Arizona did their part, but you got to crack the thing. Um, I don't think Vegas will probably qualify again this season because they've still not learned from their mistakes. They have not learned from the mistakes of the past, which have led them to this position. Also, we are hearing rumours that Robin Leonard might be out for the season because of surgery. Now, if that is the case, then maybe going to have to rely on a lot of, lot of third and fourth body net minders who probably haven't really got that much energy experience in their belt, and that probably will have a very, very big impact when you go into the into the season further down the line. So I think Vegas nope. I think I'm conf 
confidently this year, I can say, Vegas is probably going to be in the bottom four with Vancouver, Seattle, and Anaheim. And potentially Calgary. <laughs> but Calgary's a... Com see, com star. Right, so that just leads us to fears the second one off. God, I don't know. Of course, we've got to do our own predictions. Um, coming up, if you haven't already done it. Yeah, after this level, we're going to be going into our own predictions for our own this year. But, oh, it's, it, 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 it's, it's so, it's so tricky. Um, it was tricky last year because last year was the first year under this current alignment for the Pacific. Now we've gotten used to it. I don't know, because nobody expected us to have a good, had that really good start. And that first start of the year was Bremer's leading because the second half it was back to sort of what we've seen in the last few. I just don't know. It, it, it's all going to depend on what the new regime does. It really is. It's it's just literally going to depend on what the new regime can do. What changes they can make to, you know, put us on the right path to getting back to what we once was. I really, really don't know. I just, I just, I don't, I, I can't call it. I can't see where I can slot us in. Possibly fifth at best, but maybe we could maybe charge for that wildcard spot. Hmm. I, I, I wouldn't mind taking on a, on a tough division division champion if it means we get back to the postseason. I wouldn't have that problem. And we do know wildcard teams can beat division champions. We have seen it in previous um, in previous um, seasons. I mean, we didn't really get it this year, but we have seen it in the past. But Yeah. I like to think this year we could at the very least get a wildcard spot. But I think it, but that probably would, would be, at, be at best. Because I just, I just, I can't, honestly, oh god, I can't see where I can slot it in. I just can't, you think we, you think I could, now we know what it's like being in a division with these eight teams all together. You know, it's not, not going to be a good, well, probably not in my lifetime now. But I can't because it's just so difficult. But um, I think I'll say in all purpose to finish the, the the segment off. I think I think we could maybe be fifth, and I think we at best will probably challenge for a wild card spot. But that probably would be it. That probably it. It's so tough, which is not going to make our next segment any more easier to do. But I might have to take it out next year because I think this low is, is good enough when it comes to making predictions. <laughs> Alright, but I'll finish it off by predicting who I think is going to get the guaranteed spots. Because sadly, the league still wants to keep using the, the current playoff format. I know. No, we haven't. We haven't got my suggestion yet of fourth in the league in the division gets the wild card spot, but we'll wear them down eventually. So, who do I think could be the three that would get the guaranteed spots in the postseason twenty twenty three? Hmm. 
Well, I think I definitely have to say Edmonton, and I'm def and you know what? I'm very confident in this prediction. I'm going to lock them in as number one. Yep. Normally I would do this with any in, this, in no particular order, but this year I've got some confidence in me, so I'm going to lock Edmonton in. That's the predictor going to be number one. That's the predictor will be um, number one in the Indian Pacific. Two and three is a different matter. Ooh. I think the Kings, I would say, could be could be number two because they did some good things last year. They managed to get themselves back into the policy dot with a lengthy rebuild. The only question for the Kings is going to be, can you keep that momentum up? If you can, great. That means you're guaranteed another California in the playoffs again. It, but yeah, so I think, right, so I get, right, so we're looking. Everton number one, LA number two. The question then is, who gets the third spot? And I've got no idea, because I think you, you could make a case by a handful of teams. Um. Yeah, it's tricky. It was like it was like this last year because everybody last year thought, oh, Baker will be number one, will be number two. It would be a bit, it would be a big, it would be a big, it would be a big five. Who gets number three? Well, we didn't see that in the end, did we? Because Baker's faltered and faltered and finally got what they had, what they deserved. Um, but again, it is that question of right, number one and number two, you can start, you can sort of predict what I've done, but who's going to get number number three? It could be Vancouver. Because they were a big surprise last year. And the question is, can they keep that up though? So do you know what? Because you know I don't want to say Vegas. You and I've made it clear in this in this in this segment, I don't have high hopes of Calgary. So do you know what? Just so we can we can do, we can make the prediction and prediction and wrap up and move on. I will say let's put Vancouver as number three. For a, let's let's throw a wild card in there, not a wild card team. Let's throw a wild card in there. Let's throw in somebody who you think, oh really? I get you all quick think, let's go. What is he doing? Get, let's give you something to feed to, to send feedback on. <laughs> throw them in the mix. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> You're gonna call me crazy. It's crazy. Ah. Where with pride, kids, where with pride. <laughs> because I generally don't know, I generally don't know who the three is going to be. I can I could probably say a comment where I think two of the three would be. But I can't definitely be confident on who the third would be. Because you just don't, because with other you just don't know. You just do not know how it's going to pan out until we get to the last day of the rest of the season. So there we go, so I'm going to boldly predict it. Everton will win the division. LA will qualify second, and Vancouver, I predict, probably will, might end up being the wild card and qualify as third. But it all depends on if they can build on what they did in that second half of the last season. And then for us, we could maybe get in as, the, as, a, as one of the conference wild cards. You never know. But probably fifth best might be for us. But then you don't know, because this division, it's, it's always so unpredictable. And that's what makes being part of the Pacific Division, both fun and stressful to be a part of at times. But there you go. So that is our predictions for 
the division going into the 2023 season. If you thought that was tough, guess what's coming after the break? <laughs> As we predict how the shark season is going to pan out going forward. Oh, that's going to be fun. Right, let's take a break because I'm definitely going to need one before we get going. We get going. And now we come to the hardest part of today's show, the bit I've been kind of dreading. It is the moment where we try to predict what could be for our team in the upcoming 2022-23 season. This was such a hard segment to do last season, so if you go... um, if you go back and look to it on last season, it was quite hard to do. Even more harder this year, despite the fact this year there's been obvious changes made <clears throat> on the get-go. And there's no denying that. You know, we've had changes in the front office. We've got a brand new general manager. We've got a brand new hockey operations of star. We've got a brand new coach who obviously is going to bring a different style. And obviously Bob Boonard. And I think we definitely will see some changes there which I hope they're going to be for the, for the, for the good but it is but it's quite hard and I don't I don't know how sports analysis do it for the, for a living but it, it is quite quite hard trying to try and sit here and predict what could be potentially in our capabilities going forward for the 2022 23 Saturday Sharks season. Well, I think the first thing we want, I think we need to do as a prediction is end the drought. Okay? It is, this is currently, so far, and I know particularly the Buffalo Sabres fan can argue this is, this is probably not as long as a drought, but when you're not used to it, and it can feel quite long a drought. This is the longest playoff drought in Sharks history at three years. And I don't know about you guys, but I personally feel that that is, that's enough. It's that, that is enough. Three years is enough to be out of the postseason. Um, and you know, as, we, as we've seen with the Buffalo Sabres, once these playoff droughts begin, it, it can be quite hard to sort of dig yourselves out. Out of them, I mean, Arizona, really, if you think about it, only got lucky through the, through the pandemic. I, mean, I don't want to use the pandemic as an excuse for why Arizona got lucky. Um, but if it wasn't for the pandemic, the fact we had to, didn't, and there was no return to play scheme, then Arizona probably would not have even got a whiff in 2020. Um, but I, I think three years is long enough. Um, I suppose you could argue that for two of those three years, it was during pandemic years. Uh, yeah, so you could use that as a sort of excuse. Last year was a bit of a diff. Was a bit of a, oh. last year was playing was 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 basically playing devil's advocate. There was toying with our hearts here because the first half of the season, it showed a lot of promise. It showed a lot of promise, a lot of potential to maybe even contend to be. Not a top three team, but probably a wild card team. For me, 
that wouldn't be enough. I would have, I would have gladly have taken going against Colorado or Calgary if it meant that we ended the drought. I would have had no problems with that. And I and I think a wild card position is probably doable at the at the most this year. I think it could be a, a target to go for. Um, for but yeah, three years it, it's long enough without a playoff team. Plus, I will do playoff mode again. It's been three years since I've done that that show. Uh, but, oh, it's doing that. Um, plus, whilst, plus, when I, when I can do that, whilst I can now combine it to the airport, it's kind of what we normally do, but for just for our purposes. Um, so, yeah, I'd love us to I'd be back in the postseason this year. I would love to be able to, to confidently say that we can do it, but it's going to be a massive, massive tall order. I mean, it should be a bit easier now, given now we, we now have got used to what the league is now like under 32 clubs. So it should now be a lot more easier to deal with, a lot more manageable. Um, but, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, because obviously, you just never know how the season's going to unfold. You, you, you really never, never know who's going to get those sort of stick, those coveted um, eight spots from the conference until we get to the nitty gritty that meaty end which will be in mid April. <laughs> oh god, it's so weird. With with this is the first season back to norm to normal since COVID times and yet we're still having a, a, a late end. Oh god. <laughs> oh dear oh dear. Uh yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I think the playoffs needs to be prediction. I think if it doesn't happen this year, then I think we need to start ringing the alarm bells and potentially having to start pitching our, our te- um, pitching our tents now and our golf clubs on clubs ironed <sighs> because ugh, because it because we don't what right it's it's okay every now and then to miss it every now and then. But you don't want your team to be in a situation like Buffalo is, where you start missing it year in, year in, and year out. I think and, and, and Buffalo currently has got the longest um, active drought um, in playoff history. It's at least 10. I think it might be more. Because Carolina's was, was 10 before they reappeared in 2019. Hopefully it's not going to be a Carolina situation. But having said that, ever since Carolina did get back to the playoffs in 2019, they've been they've been quite good. They've had some very healthy, healthy runs. It's just they've not got that core group to be able to go all the way. No, they've not. And they've not even got it this year. Either, I'm going to say that now. <laughs> they might get one well, of the three spots in the Metropolitan, but don't don't pick them to go far. Um, but yeah. I don't think we're good enough to be a top three team. I don't think we're going to be a top, as a top three team because, as I mentioned, in the specific predictions we just did, I think other there are better teams in the division that will probably contend with those top three spots. So we, I don't think we can target a guaranteed spot, but I think we could maybe target like a wild card position. Um, and it'd be so much, and it would be so much easier if it were you just did it my way. Four, the top four in each division goes through fourth team, place team. That's the division, division wild card. End of. Easy. Done. But we all know how the league works. They don't like to do simple. They like to do things complicated and and all about the moolah. Yeah, that's yeah, you get the drift. But yeah, so 
I mean, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to put the pressure on the team and say, right, you've got to make it this year, otherwise, when's it going to be? But it would be nice to be in the mix this year for a little bit longer. Last year, we were, we were in the mix for the first half. And then when it got to our first game game of 2022, it was then started to downhill and basically we were, it was just, it just got basically back it's been like the last three years. Um, I think we've got what it takes to put ourselves in the mix and obviously last year's Western Conference race was absolutely thrilling. Um, and it probably will be thrilling again this year because there are a lot of teams in that conference who are going who've got an axe to grind. I'm not even going to name the names because you know them. You know, you don't need me to name name names. You, you pretty much you, pretty, you can pretty much work it out, so you don't need me to do that. Um, yeah, but I think at the very least we've got to at least try and target uh, playoffs. Whether that, and I think the best way to do that probably is going to be to get one or two wildcard spots. Because I, I'd have no problem being a wildcard team. I mean, I know our chances would then be considerably lower as if we were in the top three, but it is doable. It is doable to progress as a wildcard team. We, we saw it. You know, three years ago, we saw how the wildcard teams all knocked out their di- the division champion they faced in that first round 2019. We saw it happen. Nashville, five years ago, went to the Stanley Cup final as a wildcard team, taking out Chicago, St. Louis, Anaheim, all the way to that final against Pittsburgh. So we know it is doable, um, but everyone beating out of it. So, so yeah, so that should be, should be in the back of everyone's mind, because... We don't want this drought to start getting lengthy. Because once this drought does start getting lengthy, it then becomes a case of, well, how do we dig ourselves out of it? You know, how are we... How are we going to put ourselves back in in contention, eh? How are we going to do that? That's got to be the way forward. Right. Another thing I want to predict this year is, and I think this will be doable now we don't have Bob Boone as our coach. This was something I noticed a lot, particularly towards the latter half of last season, and that was basically the overusing of one particular netminder. Okay. Now, obviously, in this league, netminder is a very, very hard position to be to be the, be on the ice. I think I've already established that the hardest job in the National Hockey League off ice is to be a coach, because you literally you could get fired at any moment. Hardest job job on the ice has got to be being the netminder. Because given how because you could be called in night up you know, night in, night in and out and out you have to play several games in a row, it will get taxing. Uh, and particularly if you are got if you've got star netmind quality, you're gonna be bored that keeps getting get the calls because we trust you the most. What we saw a lot last last year, and last year was interesting, we had a very interesting tandem, which um sadly has now been broken up. That's po- that's post recording news. That's news that broke post recording the show. So can't so we can't slip it in. But yeah, but uh, so the tandem. So last year's tandem has been broken up. But it was in the range because we had two quality netmates last year in the form of Aiden Hill and James Reimer. In case you're wondering, it's Hill that's gone. Um, we had two qu- good quality netminders who he managed to managed to work out the tandem rotation correctly. You could utilise it to good news. Now, unfortunately, during some point of the season of last year, Aiden Hill got in, injured. It was quite a bad injury. It had him out quite a while. 
So that meant Paul J had to keep going in and in and in and in. As a of fact, we could have called up what somebody from the Barracuda. We could have got got use of some trays put in place. Nope, kept probably kept calling in and out. And I think that proved taxing and probably is the reason why our records in March and April weren't really that sort of favourable. Now apparently this isn't the first time that Bob Mueller did this. Apparently he had a habit of it back when he was a coach for the Panthers. He did it then. But that's not the way forward in you forward if you're trying to you know, find build a successful team that could maybe one day be a challenger to be reckoned with. So what I want to see this is more a prediction for what, what David Quinn to do as the new coach. I want us to, to use the tan the coaching not not the coaching the net mining tandem more effectively. We've got two we basically we, we are okay, we are still technically the same as we were last year. We've got two quality net minders. In a, oh, however, only one of them has been retained has been retained from last year. The other is sort of new, but um he did get a couple of stops last year, um but kind of still new. We've we've got a good quality tandem. Used it correctly, and we couldn't even get somewhere. So if you keep bringing the sound out, and night, 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 you get exhausted, and eventually their co- their productivity will go, will 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 go down, and that will have a big effect on them and the team well. So I want to see. I basically want each net might have a fair a fair amount of games, you know, and if, and if that means throughout October, throughout you know, October or the November, if you, have to, if you have to use those mums to experiment, and so be it. At least that way, you can, we're going to get to see a good hand of them, rather than just one ticky to keep bringing it out. And it shows that you trust. It shows that you trust your players. If you let each netminder have a fair amount of games, it shows that you have trusted them, so that if when you get to the playoffs, you need to make those big decisions, you can do it in the form of so-and-so. But yeah, so that's a prediction for coach. Here's another one that I think we need to see. How many times now have I been banging on about this over the past five seasons? Huh? You know what's coming. Yeah. Power play. Power play has got to improve massively. This is an area that has been causing flaws for the Sharks for a good few seasons now. The Percy Kill, they've managed to get that flawless. I mean, in 1920, we were the PK Kings, we had the number one percentage of percentage for that, se- that season, even though it, it, it did get abrupted. Last year, I think we were second. In fact, I don't think we spent any time outside the top five last year in person penalty kill. So, yes, yeah, so we're good there. So, the penalty kill is technically is not really an area of concern anymore. I mean, it's not 100% perfect, but then again, no, but then again, no, no team's penalty kill is going to be 100% perfect. Despite the fact we do have these top, these little percentage rankings, <laughs> no, we're going to be perfect. But I think the pentacle isn't isn't really for me anymore. It's not really an area of concern. Um, but the power play is a disaster. You and it can be quite hard to draw power play opportunities. I get that, but once you've got them, you've got them in the most most of them. And that's what we've not been seeing in the last few years. We've been, we've not really been seeing that, and it has had an impact, um, in particular. And uh, and the difference a power play goal can maybe make maybe make in, in the game is is, is is always huge. Um, 
particularly if your opposition is able to get a public goal and you haven't. So I've been, oh god, I've been saying it. I mean, it's, it's the age-old debate, isn't it? What would you rather have? Would you rather be good on the power play but have a terrible penalty kill? Or would you rather be excelling on the penalty kill but have a weak power play? It's the argument we've been arguing ever since probably season season two, um, which I think was when we started noticing this little issue. But yeah, but the power play has got to be. We need to. It needs to improve massively because this is an area that that is not being just a one-time thing. It's been the last few seasons now. It's it's an area that that the team has not been able to focus on. It's just something about it is not right. Now, I want the party, now I want the power play to improve, but at the same time, that must not come at the expense of the party kill. Because our party kill unit has been brilliant the last few years. We finally managed to now crack down on that. That's an area that's good. Tick. That's a good. It's impressive, and it'll be interesting to see how we do with that this season. Let's see if we can stay top five again. That would be very good, wouldn't it? Um. But yeah. So. But at the same time, the power play also needs to improve just a little. Needs, needs, I need to see small improvements this year from the power play because it has not been good over the last few years. Um, obviously, I think we could see more work in the defence and offence. That could be something else to work on. And I think the last sort of main prediction we need to focus on really is just is finding yourselves as a team. Because there's a new... Because this feels like a brand new era we're starting in Saturday Hockey. Fine. It's going it's gonna to feel weird to begin with because there's going to be a lot of changes changes coming in. And we'll hopefully as a season we'll see how those changes affect on the ice. But what I want to see for the team this year is to find yourself as a team. If you can do that, then that can begin the long road to success and hopefully one day. It's not this year. It will eventually one day the road does land in cup. And I think one day we'll be definitely doing it. But if but yeah, so that's what I see particularly this year. Work on finding yourselves as a team. If you're able to do that, then you should be able to then find the keys to success. Okay. There we go. So that's just a little few predictions there. I'm not gonna try and drag this out because obviously it's it's tough it's a tough separate to do. I just want to bring calls in there. Hopefully, um, hopefully those predictions are not something that are too out of reach. I think they're all easily doable uh, predictions there. But of course, as we all know by now, you never really know what is going to happen until we get to you know October the seventh and that puck drops. Um, it'd be very, but yeah. But I think these these predictions are definitely doable. It's just we will have to wait and see, will we? We will have to wait and see how it goes. Hope it's a pre-season will, will give us a little indication of how things might go, but we shall see. All right, okay. We're almost there. We're, we're almost done for today, but we'll take a quick little break. And then when we come back, I'm going to be telling you what we've got planned for the fifth anniversary of Teal Report. Alright, it has been a jam-packed 
season opener, and I'm not talking about the raspberry kind. <laughs> but just very quickly before we go, I just wanted to let you know some of the plans we've got coming up for season five of Kirapur. It's a very special year for us on the show. We are celebrating our fifth anniversary. You're gonna be hearing me mention that a lot throughout the show because hey, we're celebrating. Let's make, let's milk it. <laughs> let's milk it all your season long. <laughs> uh, but we'll probably just keep referring to it as the fifth anniversary, not anniversary. Uh, this will be the only time you'll hear me mention it's the wood anniversary because that's the proper term for a fifth, five year anniversary. But after we'll, but after today, we'll go for with fifth anniversary. So it's our wood anniversary, five years. The time has just gone by, it's sort of flown by. It still only feels like yesterday when we began this incredible journey, this amazing journey. It still does not feel like five years have passed. That's not because of everything that's been going on across those five years, given, given across the world, uh, and also in terms of hockey. It just feels like time has flown by. It feels like no time has passed all. It still feels like we are back on day one five years ago. It just feels absolutely amazing. Yeah. But we've got some very special things planned to commemorate our fifth anniversary of the Joe podcast. And we're going to be incorporating that across the season, both here on the podcast and, of course, on my official George Hunt YouTube channel. So if you're not really subscribed to that yet, go and click the subscribe button. I'm going to put you, a, I'm going to send a, in the description, I'm going to put in, sorry, I should say, put in a link to my YouTube channel so you can go and get subscribed if you haven't already done so. Don't forget my YouTube show is also the, the place where you can get all our Chillport bids as well. Check those out. Um, we're going to incorporate in both of those to help separate that person. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little segment on the podcast this season called Memory Lane. It's where we're going to go down Memory Lane and pick out some moments from the, the last five years of the Chillport podcast and talk more of them in detail and, you know, just... It would be a bit, very different moment. It could be, it could be example, um, like our first episode we did. It could be we talk about what went behind the making of Chirapal. It probably could be enough. Um, it could, we could be covering like when we did our special episodes. It could be talk about certain features and all that. We're going to, that's what we're going to do across the, across the show. We're going to have a little segment at the end of each episode on Season 5 of the show. We're going to have a little segment where we're going to go down memory lane um it should be should be, should be, memory, should be, memory, should be called teal lane oh i love that teal lane that could be good because obviously it's good because obviously the segment's going to be on youtube as well so let's give it a proper name all oh, teal lane i love that right teal lane we're gonna go up we're going down teal lane and we're gonna look back on some iconic moments across the last five years of uh, the Chill Report podcast, and we would love to get your thoughts too. So, in the feed, so if you are uh, thinking of getting in touch and sending us some thoughts, we'd love to get some of what some of your memories have been of Chill Report across the last five years. We can maybe do to incorporate them in uh, as well. So, feel free to get in touch with that as well. That could be another thing you can do to get in touch with across the the, uh, the season. Um, it's going to be an absolutely amazing thing to do. It's, it's a nice little fun. Little statement. It's similar to what we did in season three. We did like a little. We we picked highlights across the sharks' but year years anniversary. This is what we're sort of doing, but a little bit, a little bit different. Um, 
we'll see how it goes. And then in five years, I'll do the ten month birthday. We can then do something that different, different to it. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so that's what I've got planned. It's gonna be a fun little segment. Like I said, we've we've, we've, um, we've got a brand new, obviously our, this year we've also got our brand new artwork, which is now the permanent artwork. And I've been mucking around, mucking around with our podcast artwork for the last few years uh, last few years now. I've been trying to get something unique and stuff. Sophistic. I finally now have got something I love. Um and I do love I love it. I love I love the design we've done now. I'm gonna try and incorporate that into our old into our special episodes covers. I'm gonna incorporate that into it. Um hopefully by the time this episode published we will we will put a little spy sticker on to to symbolise it's the fifth anniversary. We're still still could be working on that at the, moment, at the time, but hopefully by the time the episode uh, comes out, so see our season episodes can have a little sticker on, and you'll know it's the it's the fifth anniversary. But anniversary, but that is the artwork that will be permanent now. M- move forward, probably no changing it. It's going to be stuck like that good good for a good while now. Um, yeah, so that is all good. So yeah, so it was it literally was was it was designed and finished. I thought yeah. That's the artwork that we want that we should have had from the beginning and we're gonna stick with that to keep that lady. Um might might see how we can incorporate that to talk bits as well. Um obviously you're gonna keep hearing us mention it's the fifth anniversary, fifth anniversary. <laughs> gonna shout it from the rooftops, you know, because they when you're celebrating a big master, you, you have to milk it. It's kinda it's kind of it's kind of anniversary law. If you're celebrating a milestone. Um, you do it's kind of your first one. You kind of, you kind of have to make a big, big deal. But you gotta kind of milk it. So you're gonna keep hearing us it every night. Oh, it's the Pippa Bursary, Pippa Bursary. Plus this season, it's it's kind of the perfect season for it to be our birthday season because there's a lot of stuff to milk this year. Like for example, it's the first year of Texie Arena, first year of Texie Arena. So you're gonna be milking that a lot on Cooler Corner as well. So it's, get used to milk. There's gonna be a lot of milking. I don't drink milk. There's a lot of milking going on. <coughs> oh, this season. Oh dear. Yeah, so there's gonna be a lot of milking going on. Despite the fact I don't even drink milk at all. At, at all. So, uh, yeah. Oh. Ha 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 ha! Oh, yeah, so. Yeah, so for, before we go, because obviously um, today has been our pre season show. Slash summer show combined as one, which I think has gone quite well this year. Last year we did two, it separately. We did a summer show, then we did a pre-season show. The fourth this year, mm, no, it's just combined two together, and I think it actually has worked out very, very well. So I think going forward now, that's what we'll do each year. Before, yeah, before the, the season probably gets, we'll do like a pre-season show. We can show and then move in. So, uh, yeah, but it's been it's worked. It's worked very, very well. Excellent. That's something we're going to talk about when we get to the end of the season. We're looking back onto a hot season five. Well, it's all the anniversary stuff. Oh, we got something wrapped up for that structure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So basically, yeah. So the end of each episode, we're going to have a nice memory lane segment, although it'll be called Teal Lane. Uh, a memory lane segment. I'm going to record it earlier this as a video. So it can be published both on my YouTube channel and then also convert it into an audio file to go along with the podcast. So, so there'll also be so in each so the episode description each R T five episodes you'll have a you'll have a description a little link to the, the video version. So you are going to look at the video version where now you can go that as well as well. But it will be part of our, the end of each episode as well. So 
it's just a little, just a little fun little way I thought to to commemorate, you know, our five years. It's our fifth. It's our fifth anniversary. We need to do something special. We need to commemorate it, and this is how we're gonna do it in our own fun little way. And I'm actually very, very excited to you know to, to look back actually to look back and try and pick out what we're gonna do for that particular just the till lane because obviously we've got. How many episodes now? I've lost count now. <laughs> Probably what? At least seven we're going to have. What time is November, December, January, February, March, April. Yeah, so we're going to have seven episodes. Uh, so there'll be seven of these to do, uh, minimum. Um, so it'll be fun to look back and think, oh, what moment from the from Tearport Pass? We can look, go and go and look at. I think, oh, that was great. Let's do that. Seven on that, and we've got loads to think about. Um, it's gonna be hard to pick. It's gonna be hard to just narrow down to seven, but we are gonna gonna do it. It's it's, it's, it's a fun little thing, a fun little thing to do to commemorate the fifth anniversary of Chirpal. Um, because I feel for this show in particular, I will whenever we do get to celebrate our anniversary, I would want to celebrate it in style and style. All my other shows, it's just oh wow, we've met, we've made. How many editions are there? Oh, it's been to so yeah, it's fine. But the Tiraport, I kind of want to go, well, okay, yeah, it's a big deal. It's our so anniversary, let's celebrate it. So just the Tiraport, we're going to go mad and splash out. <laughs> all the other shows, it's just, well, so what? You make a load of those all the time. <laughs> but because Tiraport is so unique, because obviously it's a seasonal show, Let's make it special. Let's make it special. Let's do the special things for it, for it to show how special it is as part of the DJ Sounds brand. So yeah, so I wanted to quickly bring um, as before we go, just to let you know what's coming on in the future, because this is the plan for this year as part of celebrating our fifth anniversary of the Triple Podcast. I bet you, by the time the season comes, we get to our season finale, you probably will be, you could easily do a drinking game. <laughs> Every time we say fifth anniversary, take a shot. Or sip a, or if like me, you're not, you're not an alcoholic, sip a soda, pour it down. Because we're going to keep mentioning it a lot, so, uh... <laughs> yeah, you're going to lose count the amount of times we're going to be saying... Fifth anniversary, fifth anniversary, because we're gonna, because like I say, we're gonna milk it, we're gonna well, no, we are celebrating the fifth anniversary of the Channel Four podcast. It's gonna be absolutely amazing. So there we go. That is it for the opening show of the Channel Four podcast. Let's go do it again. Fifth anniversary season. <laughs> you get, I know, you're gonna get. It's gonna get old very quickly, but hey, we're, we're not stop. We're not gonna stop. Um. Right, next time it's a bit weird because obviously, as you guys know, we are going to be starting our regular season in Prague as part of the Global Series. And I have got plans to do a special, a bonus podcast for covering everyone with the Global Series. Bit like what happened with the, um, bit like what we did back in Season 1, where we had, we'll be hosting all Star Week, and we did like a bonus episode on that. That's what we're going to do. Um, now... The idea is, hopefully, that will come out before um, the very before what is technically episode two of season five. Um, so yeah, so it might because obviously this is, this is going to go out at the beginning of October. October. So that first episode, copy the lowest I I aim to get it recorded per 
post-production published by the end of October, ready for the beginning of November, November we go and probably do episode two, but if not, it can be released the bumper bumper edition with episode two. So keeping that just basically all you need to do is just just keep an eye on your podcast feeds, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, because if you subscribe, you will automatically know when it comes out. But uh, so yeah, so keep an eye on your podcast so compare. So once this episode's published, keep an eye on your podcast feeds because it's gonna be a bonus episode covering everything that went on between the National Predators in Prague and then we're gonna do episode two. So yeah, so, so that's the plan next time. So next time, so the next time you'll see me will be a well here I should say. Next time you'll hear me will be on the on the first episode covering the global series, and then after that it will be episode two where we will look back on the first full month of the evolution. See if we can maybe pick up some early signs of how it's going, hey? Okay, and. Uh, Look forward to see which teams are going to be giving us some lovely news tidbits for Westwatch. Because all your favourite segments will be back. Westwatch, look back to the course, Cooler Corner, special Cooler Corner! On the first, the first, first model of the season, because obviously we're going to look back on the opening night, the brand new home. So yeah, so all that comes. But yeah, so... Thank you so much for joining us on what has been the opening edition of the True Report's fifth anniversary season. <laughs> don't forget, you can listen and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. If you don't know where to find us, then go to our webpage at anchor.fm forward slash Cheer Report. I'll give you that again. It's anchor.fm forward slash Cheer Report. That is where you can find it. We are literally dis- disputed. Um... Don't forget, my my official George Hunt YouTube channel is the place to go and to go and watch all of our two report vids. So get subscribed to that as well, so you don't miss out. And of course, we'd love to get some some listener feedback this year. We'd love to get you guys involved. We've been trying to get you guys involved now for a good couple of years now. We've now we've now got a Gmail. There's no excuses. So if you want to send us your thoughts on everything going on the shark season. Got any questions? You'd like to have a go answering? Can't promise we'll do them, but we can have a good go as well. Also, if you've got any future suggestions for future episodes of Trouble Vids, send those in. We will consider them. So, if you want them, and of course, also this year, we want to hear your thoughts on some of your favourite Trouble Report memories over the last five years as well to help with the Teal Lane that we've got segment that we've got planned. You can do all that by getting in touch with us at tearreportpodcast at gmail.com. I'll give you that again. That is tearreportpodcast at gmail.com. I'm always checking the mail back to see if we've got anything. Uh, and don't forget, if you do send us something, we could be reading it on the show. So come on. So get involved. Come on. It's not just my show. It's your show too. So, so I want you guys to be much involved in it as I am. And don't forget, if you are, if you, but then also, just the iTunes listeners, if you're listening to us on iTunes, you can rate and, review, and give us a lovely review. That'd be nice too. Okay, that's pretty much all housekeeping done. So, like I say, next time it's bonus episode covering the global series. And then after that, normal services resume uh, on episode two, um, where we will look back how the first month of the twenty-two twenty-three season got underway. But until then, all's left for me to say next time is, and so I will leave you now.
Thank you so much, my first Sharks fans, for joining us for another edition of the Chill Pop Podcast. Don't forget, you can listen and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. And we would love to hear from you. If you want to send us in your thoughts, questions, or suggestions for future Chill Report bids, you can email us at chillreportpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And who knows, we might read your, your email out on the show. And don't forget, you can catch all the latest to report bids via subscribing to my official George and Nishi channel. And don't forget, if you want to find out where we are distributed, head to our webpage at anchor.fm forward slash to report to find out where you can listen to us. Until next time, and so I'll leave you now.